Welcome to the TDWG Podcast. My name is Paul Davidson. And my name is Scott Norman. And today we'll be yet again doing one of my homework assignments for my LTC 8636 teaching literature class. That, like, sounds like the name of an aircraft. Um, so, basically, you had to read some kind of young adult novel and give us some kind of summary of that novel, right? Indeed we did. And the novel I chose to read was The Crossover by Kwame Alexander. Is that about basketball? It is, actually. So, The Crossover by Kwame Alexander is a piece of YA fiction that blends poetry, basketball, and that turbulent time we all know early adolescents can be. The story follows Josh Bell, a.k.a. Filthy McNasty, and his (laughs) twin brother, JB, who are the two stars of their middle school basketball team. Josh and JB's father is former former EuroLeague standout Chuck Deman Bell, and their mother is their vice principal. Uh, both of their parents hold a high standard of both their boys on and off the court. Josh seems to be living the dream until his twin gets a girlfriend and his father's health begins to become a concern. So this is all like straight up teen angsty, like... Uh. It does get into it, but it's not straight up that there is okay, so there is a different element to it. it so maybe some like uh, high school musically or no 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 okay uh, no. maybe uh, oh, what's the one Friday Night Lights. I would say it's a little bit close, more Friday Night Lights than High School Musical. Okay. But even then, it's it doesn't really follow any of those tropes. It has its own unique spin that it will put on it. Okay. So if you had to give me your, like, Rotten Tomatoes review, first off, I want straight up tomato meter. Where are you putting this on the tomato meter? Oh, it's fresh. It's fresh? Oh, certified it's fresh? Certified fresh. 100% certified fresh. Okay. So tell me, why is it 100% certified fresh? Because those are the movies I want to watch, or books I want to read, I guess. I love this book. It was amazing and defied all of my initial expectations. In the beginning, I felt like it was going to be, you know, your general run-of-the-mill style sports-oriented YA fiction, but with a little bit of a poetic spin on it. Mm -hmm. As the story progressed, Alexander's unique writing style not only increases and really begins to add a shine to this book. In fact, most of my favorite poetic vignettes appear in the latter half of this book. In fact, we're going to read one of them to provide you with a little taste of his delicious writing style. Delicious. That's kind of that's why did I say delicious? It's because each vignette is like a piece of candy. None of them overstay their welcome, and most of the time, you want more and more. In fact, when I first read this book, I devoured it in one sitting. Dead serious, I devoured it in one sitting. It was a Thursday evening. I planned on just starting it and seeing how far I could get, and then reading it on and off through the day Friday when I had time. I that didn't happen. This book sunk its claws into me and demanded to be finished in that first reading. With that said, it isn't a super long book to begin with. Uh, it should take you about, uh, it took me about an hour and a half-ish to read, mm-hmm. or to th- three hours might be uh, where some people might read it. Uh, and that isn't a knock on the book when I say that, that either. Alexander does so much with so little like all good poetry does. So I just have to say, like, your, your analysis of the book thus far reminds me I've been watching this the next Food Network star like it sounds like (laughs) how they tell people to talk about food and you're still talking about the book like food so even though I know it's a book it's like weirdly making me hungry hey you should be hungry for this book (laughs) and I probably shouldn't have compared the book to candy either because the crossover actually has some sustenance to it as the story progresses it evolves in a unique direction for a coming of age story at the very beginning Filthy McNasty seems to be everything Josh invested 
loses his identity into, but by the end he grows into himself. It explores race subtly and defies a lot of the stereotypes that many canonical or mainstream texts often utilize. And while not perfect people, Josh's parents are real and supportive, unlike most YA fiction parents that I have encountered in at least my experience reading the genre. Uh Uh-huh. Other themes that this book explores as well was uh, as well pointed out by Sarah Minkus in our discussion forum about the crossover is identity and loss. Identity is explored via the whole twin dynamic between Josh and JB. Such examples include the beginning when Josh has dreadlocks while JB has a shaved head. This theme is also picked up and explored excellently when JB gets a girlfriend, specifically on pages 114 and 115 with the, the vignette second person. Uh, he uses like second point person point of view and kind of talking about how he feels lost without his other half, his twin. Because up until this point, when his twin got a girlfriend, mm-hmm. his twin was always there. And now that the twin is not there, he seems to just be missing him all the time. Yeah. As for loss, I don't want to get too deep into spoiler territory, but the final vignette, free throws, on pages 234 and 237, not only do, do does a great job of concluding the story, but also exploring the theme of loss. So... Wow, I feel like I've read the book without reading the book. Um, which oh no, is, no, which no! Is you, good thing. You, there's um, still a lot more that you could get into. <laughs> so this, yeah, that was our our basic. Just the fact that you continually are forced to say "filthy McNasty" amuses me. Um, so I, this hey, that's is his name, man. That's yeah. His, that's who he's on the court. When he's on the court, he's filthy McNasty. His persona. Um, and that. So J B J. Which. The Josh. Josh is Filthy McNasty. Okay, Josh is Filthy McNasty. And JB, JB is, is his the, twin brother. And JB is the one that gets the girlfriend. Yes. So this book is mostly centered around Josh. Yes. Then. Okay. It's told completely from Josh's perspective. Okay, I gotcha. Um, so as you read through this, I mean, I know we work with kids. We work with the era, the era, the era of children, the age of children. That, uh, yes, we teach high schoolers, by yes, the way. We teach high schoolers. Surprisingly. That, that era of kids. Um <laughs> So you can tell he's a history teacher, ladies. Exactly. And <laughs> yeah, I default to era instead of age. But the the kids that we teach are the approximate age range of this. Uh, they're a book? little bit older. The age range for this book: Josh and his twin are middle school, like okay. eighth grade, and we teach, of course, high schoolers, so ninth through twelve. Yeah, I mean, I've got ninth graders, and there's a lot of cro- like there's a lot of crossover. Yes. Between those grades, as far as ideas and things that they're struggling with. So, what are some other ways? Like, if you use this book in your class, what are things you can either draw from it, I guess, or or flip it for in your classroom well of course i teach seniors and sophomores so if i was to use this text inside my classroom i would probably have it be one of the first books my sophomores encounter mm-hmm. i actually read a goodreads of you by a teacher who said she just wanted to have a copy of this book on every student's desk as they walked in one day she wouldn't say anything about it she would just let the kids pick it up and begin interacting with it and exploring it by themselves And I do feel that the uniqueness of this text and its unintimidating beginning would help draw them in and make that an actual accomplishable feat. I would again give them a day to do that, and then we would begin to actually discuss the text in class uh, the following day. Eventually, I would pivot, uh, because you need to talk about it. You need to have them actually have a chance to actually discuss it. I am just curious. Sorry to cut you off there a little bit, but so you just leave it sitting on the desk. Like, did she acknowledge that the book was there at she any point during the class? I don't know like, if she did this, but she said that she just wanted to do this. She just, the book is lying on the desk there, uh-huh. which most of the time, whenever our desk, like, there might be something on it, but most of the time there isn't. Mm-hmm. And so if you walk in and there's something already on the desk and it's on every single desk, that's automatically going to, the students are going to think, there's something going on with this and we're probably going to interact, do something with it. So they'll yeah. pick it up and probably look at it. And hopefully then it will sink into them. And the way it starts, it's not necessarily, it's, 
about basketball. It's something different and unique. And uh, just look here at the very first poem that we read, uh, if I can open it. Uh, what do you notice about this poem or this paragraph? It's all funky, emphasized, and like moved around. Yeah, he does very interesting things with how the words are presented. And so automatically that would grab your attention and then... Hopefully, as you read, you get deeper and deeper into the story. Yes, you're like, what the heck is this? I haven't seen words arranged in this strange manner. Exactly. So have that happen to them first, for the first day, and then we actually talk about what they experience with the text the following day. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I would then pivot into using the parts of this text as mentor text, so text that the students can use and emulate to write their own personal narratives in the style of the crossover. Mm -hmm. I I feel like I would have them emulate the five main styles of the the uh, of the crossover in the personal narratives. So one talking about like an alter ego that that ego that they have, not an alter ego mm-hmm. or eagle, but alter ego, uh, filthy McNass. Uh, I call these filthy McNasty sections of the book. So anytime Josh is on the court, he's talking in, in the filthy McNasty style. That's his <laughs> alter ego. I would have students write one in that style. And then one about you, which is the Josh sections of the book where he's just kind of having an internal monologue about what's going on in his life. Mm-hmm. He's uh, really into words. And so he will provide definition and a bunch of different examples of the definitions in it. So words that define you, those would be kind of uh, the definition section of the book I'd have them write. Then outside communications, so the text messages that appear in the book, phone calls, and the conversations that happen in the book. And last is advice slash rules to live by. And there's uh, about, I think, seven of these basketball rules that show up throughout the book. And that's basically advice that his dad has given him. Given him and I would have people... Had the kids be like, what is a piece of advice that you kind of follow mm-hmm. and write it in the style of a basketball rule? Hmm. Then, of course, later on, when I'm teaching the Harlem Renaissance, uh, po- my Harlem Renaissance poetry unit, I would then refer back to the crossover to help build on certain poetic elements that Hughes and Alexander both use. I like that idea, like just the making them write from different perspectives for the same kind of assignment, basically. And we've we've kind of touched on some of this stuff before of getting them outside of their element when writing or like approaching it from a different way. And a lot of times for me, that's talking about news articles or things like that and ways to get them to pick it up. But uh, yeah, this is something that now I'm my brain is already spinning on. How can I do that with the historical text? Hmm. <laughs> See, there we go. All right, so we're on to the next one. Yeah. Um. Oh, so yes. Uh, the thing asked me about certain quotes that I might pull out of this. And so I've already mentioned a variety of the vignettes that stand out, specifically second person on pages 114 and 115 and free throws on page 234 and 237. Mm-hmm. But I would also like to give a shout out to phone conversation I sub for JB on pages 106 to 109. Now, I was going to have us read this, but I don't feel like our, my classmates need to hear my uh, impression of a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> so we're essentially this is in this vignette josh has to ask his brother's girlfriend out for him because they're twins and he's uh-huh. nervous and so he doesn't know so he just throws his brother the phone and says you talk to her because twins sound the same <laughs> and so he has to ask his brother's girlfriend out for him and then game time uh, 6 p.m on pages 125 to 127 where josh's dad is pulled over by the cops on the way to a game uh, and this is one of the places where it kind of puts a more of a heavy hand on race, but they do it in such a good way. Mm-hmm. It's on an interesting note on this one. I feel like it could be paired with some articles that deal with police shootings of unarmed black men and traffic stops and the Langston Hughes poem. I too. Finally, my favorite vignette of the bunch on pages 210 to 211 questions, which we are actually going to perform a live reading of. 
Uh, yeah, we are such performers, so this is going to be awesome. So, uh, you decided to be whom again? Um, I decided I'm going to be the angry child. So, I'm Josh. You're Josh. I'm Josh. And here. I'm Chuck the Man the Bell. Um, All right. Do so, I, so at, this you point, are the, uh, at this point, Josh is Josh. Josh is not McNasty. He's not He's not on the court. He's All only right. McNasty when he's on the court. Okay. All right. So, and we don't need to give too much conflicts for spoil, or context for spoilers. We're just going to read the poem because it's an excellent poem that can stand on its own. I am going to be in italics. You're going to be in non-italics. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Uh, have you been practicing your free throws? Why didn't you go to the doctor when mom asked you? Uh, when's the game? Why didn't you ever take us fishing? Does your brother still have a girlfriend? Are you going to die? Do you really want to know? Why couldn't I save you? Don't you see that you did? Do you remember I kept pumping and breathing? Aren't I alive? I... Did y'all did y'all arrest Uncle Bobby's turkey? That's just a criminal. Uh, that it was just criminal what he did to that bird, wasn't it? You think this is funny? How's your brother? Is our family falling apart? You still think I should write a book? What does that have to do with anything? What if I call it basketball rules? Are you going to die? Do you know I love you, son? Don't you know the big games tomorrow? Is it true that your mom uh, that mom is letting you play? Do you think I shouldn't or you think I shouldn't play? What do you think, filthy? What about Jordan? Does he want to play? Don't you know he won't as long as you're in here? Don't you know I know that? So why don't you come home? Can't you see I can't? Why not? Don't you know it's complicated, filthy? Why can't you just call me by my real name? Josh. Do you know what a heart attack is? Don't you remember I was there? Don't you see I need to be here so they can fix the damage that has been done to my heart? Who's going to fix the damage that's been done to mine? And scene. See? Yeah, I I got into that. Like, I was like, oh. I say, it's a good book, and I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It is, like, it is perfect. Five stars out of five stars, 100% certified fresh. Read the crossover by uh, Kwame Alexander. He also has a uh, sequel to it, I think, called Rebound that I have not read yet. Uh-oh. But it is on my uh, to 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 buy list to read and uh, later on because it Which was is a long a really, list. By it the is way. a long list, but it was uh, the the crossover was good enough that uh, the Rebound has jumped pretty high on it. All right. Well, it was it was interesting for me. Like I said, I haven't read the book. Uh, I may. I have a a lot of more historically related things on my queue. But that was enough of say, a taste for me there. It only takes a couple hours. It's actually not that hard. It's not that intimidating of a book once you get into it. And once it has its claws into you, you're going to have to finish it. So, Well, I might take it on. All right. But until next time, I think that will be, do it for us. So until next time, my name has been Paul Davidson. My name is and Lord willing will be Scott Norman. And this has been the TD WG Podcast.